following is a live broadcast of the Lone Star Community Radio Program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health, and I've got my other co-workers with me here today, Michelle Mahalik, County Extension Agent, 4-H Youth Development, and Justin Sines, County Extension Agent, Urban Youth Development. So they work with the 4-H program, and then we have a lovely 4-H member with us here today, Danae Lesner, who is, you're like a triple crown or something, right? Because um, <laughs> we've got a county council chairman, you are the District 9 4-H Council Vice Chair, and then you're also a member of the State 4-H Council, which is very, very impressive. And you are an impressive young woman, and we're really glad that you're here today. So if you haven't guessed already, we're going to talk about 4-H today, all about 4-H. So things are um, a little different right now, right, with the, you know, we're still in a pandemic. Lots we're still of excitement, yes. trying to figure out how to do things a new way in a different way. Exactly. So we did something new and different this year. So at the end of the always in August, there's the 4-H Awards Banquet. So that's where we recognize the um, accomplishments of all of our 4-H members during the year. Always do it in August, but um, had to kind of shift gears this year. Right, guys? Most yes, definitely. Yeah. Very, very much so. So tell us a little bit about what you did to try to um, adjust with doing the awards banquet this year. No food, right? Everyone's going to starve. <laughs> So this year, instead of having an in-person banquet, just because of the, the social distancing requirements, we decided to have a virtual award celebration. And we called it, instead of a banquet, it was a celebration. And so we wanted to make sure that we highlight our kids and the highlights that they had throughout the year. We didn't want to cut them short just because of this pandemic. So we want to really make the night special. And because we have the technology of recording videos and the power of social media and YouTube, we actually filmed our entire banquet as we would in person, but it was just a little, it was um, cut up in segments. Um, I think we had all five officers there, and I think we had over about 80 different takes that we did with this, and over the course of a few weeks, we were able to glue everything together for about a 37 minute video that we were highlighting all our 4 H'ers, and so it was our virtual 4 H celebration. Yeah, and we're going to um, actually watch a little bit of it in just a little bit because uh, it was uh, it turned out really awesome. You guys did a great job. Um, but that's, I mean, things are different, right? But we're still doing, we did some animal validation. We did some entry. You had uh, stock show entry, or major livestock show entry last uh, night, We right? did entries for um, State Fair of Texas and Heart of Texas. They have both canceled their fair portion but they are going to continue the opportunity for our youth to be able to um, finish out their livestock projects that they've started early in the summer. So we did entries for those junior livestock shows last night. Um, we've got a pretty good chunk of kids that are going. Our validation, um, which for us, validation just means that we are verifying that you own your animal by the deadline that the show says you have to own it um, and we do that in June um, it was uh, very exciting to figure out a way to do that safely and socially distanced and um, keep everybody safe and still accomplish the goal of, of trying to move forward um, with that program so yes it's been a very interesting summer um, we're, Justin and I are usually traveling everywhere under the sun um, for Leadership Lab and State 4-H Roundup and 
uh, district horse show and we we did get to have district horse show this summer um, we had about six kids that participated it's an outdoor from Montgomery County, from Montgomery kids, County. Okay. <laughs> yes the whole district right. there was there was more but six from there's, Montgomery County. <laughs> there's 18 counties in our district um, but six kids from Montgomery County um, participated in that show and it falls under the you know outdoor events sporting events horse event kind of thing so we were able to pull that one off where the rest of our activities went virtual or or didn't happen this summer so we're excited that we got to do a few things anyway yeah so things are definitely looking different but 4-H goes on because 4-H is really a lot about um so i mean we've got clubs and projects and that kind of thing but there's a lot of it that's very self-motivated like you have to do that as an individual decide what you want to do and um go forth and do it right danae yeah, I really think that it is um, about self-motivating as well as having people who are there for you. I mean, just some of the projects I'm a part of or things that I do, like record book or even running for district office, I've had to lean on Michelle and Justin for with, like, how do I do this? What do I start? You know, what do I need to fill out? You know, what meetings do I need to attend? But you have to be the one to show up and you have to be the one to ask the questions and to do the work. And you don't, you know, you don't have somebody else to do your record book. You do your record book. But somebody has to teach me how to do it. So right. it is very self-motivating and it has taught me to be a self-motivator outside of 4-H as well. So. All right. So what did you do your record book in? A sheep. <laughs> All right. What are your other, tell us a little bit about your projects, a little bit about um, how you got involved in 4-H. Um, so my main project is sheep and I've done sheep ever since I joined 4-H. I actually joined it because my stepdad introduced me to the project because he showed sheep through FFA. But whenever um, my stepdad became part of my life, I was too young to be in FFA. I was only in middle school. So I started showing sheep in 4-H and then I migrated to rabbits and then I tried to do a goat this year. I started food and nutrition last year. Ever since I joined, I was a part of leadership. So I expanded the district and I got to state this year. Um, I also did Livestock Ambassador uh, last year, and I did the Advocacy Academy this year. Um, so I'm really trying to be a well-rounded. I never want to, like, go into a room and have somebody talk about a project that I don't know what's going on or I don't um, have any experience in that area. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to make sure I'm at least in a little bit in everywhere. I'm not just a livestock kid or just a non-livestock kid. So, But I try to stay well-rounded. <laughs> so when somebody asks you, like, what is 4-H? Why should I even join? What, what do you tell them? Um, so we actually have these things called elevator speeches, which is something that uh, we do work on through 4-H. We do it in programs a lot, which is um, if you were in an elevator with somebody and somebody asked you what is 4-H, what would you tell them? And I typically tell them that it's a youth organization that aims at um, creating quality leadership skills in younger kids so that they can be future leaders of tomorrow just because I feel like that's what 4-H really is. It is a fun project. It is something you can do where you create friends, but it is about leadership and it is about growing as a person. Right, so speaking of leadership, I mentioned when we introduced you, like you have a few different leadership roles that you participate in. So what do you feel like um, that's that's taught you? Um, first of all, it's definitely taught me accountability because I need to make sure I'm actually doing my work and not just having an office position. But it's also taught me that just because you have an office position doesn't mean that you're a leader you do have to put in the work and you do have to communicate with people and you do have to make those connections and be a good leader. You can't just have a title and become a leader. It's something that you have to earn and something you have to work for. And so being a leader in these uncertain times, what kind of things do you feel like you've had to do differently than you might have done otherwise? I definitely feel like, um, well, especially just like with wearing the mask and everything, you know, mm -hmm. I need to be a leader by example and wear my mask and make sure that other kids know that I'm wearing mine, so you need to wear yours as well. Um, you know, you need to be safe. You need to make sure that you're staying, you're six feet apart, that you're not, um, you know, putting anybody in danger or putting yourself in danger. And I really just learned that to be a leader by example, whether it is during a pandemic or not, you need to be what you want the other leaders to be and be an example for them to look up to. And, and your, your sheep have no idea that there's a pandemic going on, right? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of scary. <laughs> so has it affected, um, like we said before, you know, like being at a lot of your 4-H projects, you've got to like want to do it and you've got to take the actions. So there's a lot of things that are there just ready for the taking, but you have to take initiative. And so how um, some actions that you've taken uh, with your sheep project? Uh, with my sheep project, especially because I have started working on a record book and I do want to be competitive at the state level, um, I have started working on our breeding program. We have bred sheep ever since I started showing sheep, but we've um, 
growing our farm into more sheep. We're actually at about 25 sheep right now, and we're trying to start selling sheep for um, kids in Montgomery County. My stepdad really likes helping out the children, so he wants to sell sheep to other kids so that they can at least try the sheep project one time. Um, so that's something I've started working on is the breeding program and um, also working on getting more all-around knowledge about livestock in general. But, of course, I'm always going to love sheep, so they're going to be the ones I know the most about. But I'm trying to generalize my knowledge about all livestocks. Well, and the Livestock Ambassador Program, we kind of glossed over that shortly, but that's really a huge deal. That was way stepping out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah, that was scary. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was very scary. Tell them a little bit about that process and program and what you're doing with it. Um, So the Livestock Ambassador uh, application process was actually very scary for me to do because I did have to record a video, and this was before a pandemic was going on. But I had to record a video of myself uh, talking and explaining why I thought I'd be a good livestock ambassador and send it in to them for them to view. And all these people were watching this video and I had no clue these people were, so I was very scared to do that. And then I had to answer multiple questions about why I thought I should be a livestock ambassador, issues in the agri-life area and things that we talk about on a daily basis and kind of just, you know, we discuss, but we don't do anything about it. And livestock ambassador is about what can we do about it? What do we need to do about it? Um, So finally I got accepted. I had to apply for two years and then I got accepted. And when I went, I had to go down to Kingsville so I could go to Texas A&M Kingsville to do my course. We were there for four days. We were waking up at four (laughs) o'clock in the morning and leaving no later than 5.15 and coming back at midnight. (laughs) I had to palpate a cow. I had never done that before. I've never had cows or anything other than sheep. So that was scary. Um, But it was just a lot of knowledge and you know, short period, it was four days. And then afterwards we had to go home, we had to write three different essays, and then we had to take a 250 question test and you had to pass it with an 80 just to be a certified livestock ambassador. Wow. And then after that, we're required to meet a minimum of 40 hours a year, um, which is obviously, it seems like a very low number when you think about a year, but I know people that are reaching 400 hours a year. So you just gotta um, give back to the community and help try to teach people about livestock. and. It's been really fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been a crazy experience. (laughs) Well, and so, and also what you're talking about too, 40 hours, um, that's on top of everything else that you're doing. So your school and your other 4-H responsibilities and anything else that you're doing, Mm -hmm. um, because most of our 4-H members are really very well-rounded people uh, that do a lot of different um, activities. So um, 40 hours, like like you said, may not sound like a lot, but but, it can be. It can be if you're not paying, if you're not actively searching for those hours and making sure you're keeping track of them. It can be definitely very hard to find them. Yeah. Did you want to add something to that? No. No. Okay. So um, we let's if we're we're just gonna instead of taking a break, we're gonna go ahead and and move on and talk about um, well we we already mentioned we had the 4-H um, awards this this year. So the award celebration that was done via video, um, which meant bringing the kids in ahead of time. Justin, you became like a master editor, right? Editor, producer, director. You just didn't know kind that, of that was in your job description, No, right? not at all. It's that get you, got you, all duties as required, yeah. Other duties <laughs> as required. But you had, you, had a, you had a vision, right? You wanted to make it kind of like an awards program. Tell us about kind of what you thought about before you put this together. Well, like I said before, you know, I really want to make this something special for the kids because they're not going to have that in-person recognition that they're going to get at a, at a, our regular awards. So I want to make sure that we did it as best as we could to our, our ability. So definitely start out with the vision. Um, luckily, I had seen Texas 4-H, their celebration, so I kind of took little pieces of theirs and we, um, we, put t- we took our script that we usually have for our awards banquet and we snipped it a little bit, cut it into different sections, and from there we assigned... Uh, different uh, shot locations so we could change it up a little bit so we're not looking at the same podium in the same wall the entire time we, it gives us a little something more interesting to look at from there we had to decide we had to come up with a plan of what how do we want it to look so we had to come up with what are we going to use as as a shot for the the actual filming and then we had to figure out some audio and record audio so we can actually put the names of the kids receiving the awards and their certificates on the screen so there was a lot of organization I think we had um, I had L, so I think 12 different sh- shooting locations or s- segments 
Um, like I said, we had about 80 different takes it took to get it done, but it was like 36 different shots and about 66 audio segments. On, on top of managing social distancing, yeah. when do you get your mask on? When do you get your mask off? Okay, these two people can't be in the same shot, so we're going to video this one once and then video this one saying what they have to say. And then I can't even imagine how many hours it took you because I know it wasn't four eight-hour days mm -hmm. to get all of that merged together and meshed together so that it looks like a seamless um, program that you would want to watch. There's there's one scene in there where I know, I know for a fact those two children were not sitting together, but I had to really hunt for the division in the screen to try to find where he merged it together, so. So when I put that together, I was trying to give each kid an equal amount of FaceTime. And so I was in my office writing it together. I was like, oh, I can have two kids present. And I put it together, send it out, and I realized, oh, we're in a pandemic. I cannot have kids sitting next to each other. So the next best thing was record them separately and then merge them two together. And luckily, it mirrored fairly well. But it did take us some time, uh, a little OCD, to get to get it to. What? Uh, <laughs> You're to, not OCD at all. Just not only that to yeah. fade in correctly, uh, so it doesn't look like you have two fading in. So it was. It was it took a little bit of time. So the final project turned out really nice. It's posted on Facebook on the Montgomery County uh, 4-H Facebook page. It's also on YouTube. Um, but we're going to take just a few minutes to just we're going to watch the first uh, about to a few minutes of it, um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what we saw, and then we'll talk a little bit more about 4-H because hopefully this inspires people to want to learn even more. So we're going to. This is the first time we've done like added a video onto our. Extension hour. Very exciting. Good evening and welcome to the Montgomery County 4-H Virtual Awards Celebration. I am Michelle Mahalik, Montgomery County Extension Agent for 4-H Youth Development. Justin Sine is the Urban Youth Development Agent and I work together to provide support to County 4-H Council and the 4-H Program in general. We are glad all of you could join us here tonight. County 4-H Council officers have worked hard to make this event special. I would like to present your incoming Montgomery County 4-H Council officers. And our Chairman, Danae Lesser. Our first Vice Chairman, Bailey Wolf. Our secretary, Harris Downs. Our treasurer, James Fagan. And our parliamentarian, Jessica Skelton. Congratulations. Howdy, I am Justin Sines, the Urban Youth Development Agent. It is my distinct pleasure to conduct the 2020 2021 Montgomery County Council Officers. In light of current events, very few of us are traveling, but as we begin to embark on a new forge year, we must be prepared to navigate the various opportunities and roadblocks that are present. Today, Lesnar, as Chairman, we present to you the Travel Guide. As County 4-H Council identifies where we are going to go, our Chairman will be able to tell us how to get there. This Travel Guide will also help her find detours, alternate routes, as we navigate around construction and road closures. Madam Chairman, do you agree to take on the responsibility to guide us to our destination? I will. Bailey Wolf, as Vice Chairman, use these binoculars to help you navigate and watch for signs and places of interest along the way. Co-pilot for the Chairman and be ready to lead the way when needed. Will you accept these responsibilities to find interesting and educational stops along the way and take the will in the event the chairman is unable to? I will. Kara Downs, as secretary, we hope you use this journal and pen to jot down important things said or done for the future reference and memories of the important trip. Do you agree to record all the experiences this year and remind Council what they have accomplished. I will. James Fagan, 
As treasurer, you are gifted with cash. You will have to know where we are going and what sites we are visiting along the way, as to know how much money we will need. Do you agree to watch our funds closely and make sure we are spending wisely? I will. Jessica Skelton, as parliamentarian, uses stopwatch to make sure that we are on the right track and keeping with time. She has checked out Robert's rules of order and will use it to run officer meetings efficiently. Will you agree to these responsibilities? I will. We have a strong team to lead us through these uncharted territories. They are well prepared to ensure a fun and safe voyage here. We need you, Montgomery County Fortune members, to help us identify destinations. I now declare these officers duly installed. Congratulations. Hi, I'm Danae Lesnar, County 4-H Council Chairman. One highlight of each annual County 4-H Awards Banquet is the guest speaker. This year, we are privileged to have Seth Kendrick, Montgomery County 4-H member, and outgoing Texas 4-H Council Public Relations Chair. Hello everyone, my name is Seth Kendrick and out of my 10 years in the 4-H program, I never dreamt that I'd have the opportunity to be the guest speaker for my county award ceremony, but here I am today and I'm extremely thankful for this opportunity. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start by telling you a little bit about myself. I was born into a family of six kids and I'm the youngest of everybody and my older siblings were really involved in the 4-H program, so naturally I've been going to club meetings ever since I was a baby. Uh, but over the last two years, my main projects have been leadership, photography, robotics, and videography. But over the years, I've also participated in several others like wood science technology, consumer decision making, and food nutrition. But out of all those projects, I definitely say that leadership was the hardest for me because I was by no means a natural born leader as a kid. I was pretty shy and I was always nervous and I lacked confidence. I remember running for my first club officer position and just really not even wanting to be at the meeting. But there happened to be an open slot for county council delegate that nobody had filled and I, I looked over at my mom and the face she had on, I knew that was the face that I was going to have to run for the, for the position, which I wasn't thrilled about, but at the, end, at the end of the day, it was one of the best decisions that I could have made for my 4-H career. Because now I've served in several club positions from president to county council delegate. I've served on county council as historian, parliamentarian, and this past year first vice president. And I'm also the outgoing Texas 4-H Council Public Relations Officer. And with that last officer's position uh, came a long journey, which started in the summer of 2018, 2018 sorry, at State Roundup. Uh, it was there where I was giving a remote 4-H educational presentation, and it was actually my first year competing in that category. But I did pretty well. I placed ninth at State. And I was still thinking, though, I, I wish there was more creative ways that I could come up with to promote the 4-H program. And it was later on the way home uh, I was actually watching YouTube, and I thought to myself, what if I created a YouTube channel that was dedicated to running 4-H? <laughs> At that moment, there were a thousand ideas that came to my head, but also a thousand questions because I had never done anything like this. Um, but one thing I did know was that I couldn't do it alone, and I was going to need a team. So that was my first step. I had to go out and find people, other 4-Hers that I knew could help me. Um, which was took a lot of guts for me because, like I said, I was still growing as a leader and still figuring out you know, how to lead others. But I was able to put a team together and, you know, 4-H is for everyone. Today is now a success. It has over 10,000 total views on all of our videos uh, on YouTube and we have over 186 subscribers. Uh, we even had a video posted on the Montgomery County 4-H page, the Facebook page, sorry, that got shared on National 4-H Facebook page and the Texas 4-H Facebook page. And uh, it has over 27,000 video views and it's been viewed across the country actually. So. Um, it's been amazing and I'm glad that it's had the success that it has and I would definitely say that if I didn't take that first step and that initiative um, and put my fears aside that I wouldn't have been able to accomplish what I have today. And that also led into 2019 when I went back and I was fortunate enough to make it to state, round up again in the same promote 4-H category and I had my presentation completely revised and it was centered around my YouTube channel now. And I placed second amazingly, and I was stoked about that because it was the first year I was able to uh, walk the roundup stage at the um, assembly. So that was a great experience. And during that same summer, 
I actually decided to run for an at-large delegate position um, through Lead Academy at Roundup. And it was there that I had to give the most nerve-wracking speech I've ever given in my 4-H career. And it was in front of 300 people. And I remember before I got to the event, I was going over the speech tens of times, tons of times in my hotel room. And just thinking to myself, I've got it. I had to nail down word for word. But whenever I showed up at the event, and I was watching everybody else give their speeches, I was just thinking to myself, there's no way I'm going to remember a word of this. It, my mind just went completely blank. But somehow, whenever I got on stage, I remember that speech word for word. And I was just so happy because I was fortunate enough to be elected as one of the six at-large delegates. And later that summer in 2019, at our um, July workshop that we have up in Brownwood at the 4-H Conference Center, I decided to run for an officer position on council. Um, and I got elected as the public relations officer. Um, and I'll definitely say that if I hadn't have created the YouTube channel, um, I definitely wouldn't have been able to have the leadership experience that it takes to run for state council or to um, be an officer on it. So it just goes to show that leadership is its a building experience. You have to take it step by step. and. You know, with every new thing you try, you'll get better and better. There's going to be a lot of trials and errors, but at the end of the day, success is going to be greater than the failures. So, if I can leave you all with one thing today, it would be to never be afraid to step out of your comfort zone or to try something new. Because when you limit yourself to just a small circle of, of opportunity and possibility, you're missing out on tons of friendships you can make, tons of experiences you can have, um, and tons of opportunities. Because you know, I was just a shy kid, but I was able to make it on state council, which is something I never dreamt that I could do. But I've been extremely blessed and fortunate, and uh, I was able to put my fears aside and to grow into the leader that I always thought I could be, um, but just never knew how I could do it. So, with that being said, thank you guys for having me so much today. Uh, it's been an awesome experience, and like I said, I never thought I'd have the chance to be uh, the guest speaker at my county award ceremony. But I hope I was able to give you some good advice, and thank you for having me. So that was a clip Hi, from our 4-H Awards celebration that was Hi, online this year. Um, we are going to take a little bit of a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about our people, our programs, our partnerships, because that's what we do here on the Extension Hour. And 4-H really is like all of those, all in all in one. And, and probably, I would say, if not one of the most, it's probably the most significant
Health Programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, a Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or Call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture.
awards that there are and how kids go about applying for those awards, why do we why do we recognize them? So every year in June, um, the first part of June, m several of our 4-Hers will start working on their 4-H record book. Um, in addition to that, clubs have been doing community service projects all year, and our community service is not mandatory. It's not kids that got in trouble that have to do <laughs> go do good things. These are projects where our 4-H members have seen a need in their community, and they go out and do what they can to make a change in that. So one of the awards that we give is a community service award to a club. Um, they fill out an application and they list all the projects that they've done for the year and how many 4-H members from the club participated in it. Um, our 4-H finance committee um, helps support the banquet with funding and they've designated a $100 award to the club that wins the community service. Yeah. So, and there's also a plaque in our office, an eternity plaque that will have a little tiny nameplate for that club that um, right now there's spots for 24 years on there. So um, I think we have about 18 of them filled up at this point. Um, we, they also have the opportunity, we've got families and clubs and kids that are extremely creative and love the scrapbooking concept um, and they will create, they'll get a committee together within their club and they'll take pictures all year long and keep up with everything that's going on and they'll create a scrapbook. So we have a scrapbook award for the club to apply for. Mm -hmm. um, from there, we have officers, all of our clubs have officers, president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. So we give the secretaries and treasurers a little bit of extra consideration. They've worked hard all year long. Their secretaries keep up with the minutes. They record the attendance. Um, several other tasks related to those kinds of things. So they can submit their secretary book for an, for judging and to receive an award for that and treasurers are the same way they they have to keep up with the finances of the club for the year um, the ins and outs and how much income and how much they've spent and what they've spent it on and make sure that all the documentation is there that it was a valid expenditure um, and then that's a treasurer's award um, unsung heroes so that's one that you you don't necessarily apply for yourself. Someone in your club has seen you do something extraordinary um, that you haven't gotten recognition for yet. You're a powerhouse behind the scenes. You're not necessarily up in the front leading, but you're leading from the back row. You're being a good example and those kinds of things. So uh, another member or an adult may see you doing those kinds of things and submit an application for you to receive the Unsung Hero Award. And none of those awards require a record book to be completed. So that's 4-H members in the county and any, of, any that have those offices or any of them can apply for those. And then there's individual awards that come with completing a record book, right? Definitely. So the biggest bulk of the awards that we give out that night are record book completion awards. And a 4-H record book is basically an expanded resume of what your 4-H activities are, what kinds of leadership activities that you have done throughout the year, what have you done to teach other people what you've learned over your career also your community service and then there's pages for you to list your stuff from outside 4-H um, your awards and recognition and your college and career exploration so that book gets put together and we give you an award for completing it can, I'm going to interrupt you yes. for just a second. We just got the county agent view of what a record book <laughs> that is, right? That would be perfect. All right. Yes. So, Danae, tell us the 4-H member version <laughs> of what is a record book? Why, why would you even do those? 
okay. besides getting awards? <laughs> Uh, well, I've only done a record book for two years because I actually didn't know what a record book was or, like, how to do one until <laughs> Michelle was like, Danae, yes. you're going to do a record book this year, and she forced me to do one. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't actually force me, but, you know, she told me she was like, this is something strongly we should. Strongly encouraged. Yes, strongly yes. encouraged. You were doing too many activities <laughs> not to get it written down and recorded. <laughs> um, but a record book for me is just kind of like a – something I can look back on and like see what I've accomplished throughout the year mm -hmm. or just throughout the years. Cause in my record book, I really like to look at the years that wasn't from, you know, like this one is the 19 to 20 year. I like looking at the 16 to 17 year and seeing like how much I've grown. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's just really a collection of all the things I've accomplished and like how far that 4-H has brought me. Um, yes, it is an expanded resume, but I like looking at it like my 4-H story or mm -hmm. like things that I've accomplished and I've completed. And we'll talk about it a little bit more, too, but also record books lead into scholarships, which you'll be applying for soon. But we'll talk more about that. Let's talk about, so they each, record books, they'll get an award. Just they get a completion award. Um, it, it gets judged at the county level, and they get comments back. Um, those that place first get advanced to district and get judged again. And then our seniors advance to state and get compared to record books from across the entire state of Texas that have been through the same uh, judging process in those districts. So they can get additional awards for that. Um, that record book also gives them the opportunity to apply for our specialty awards. So in Montgomery County, we give out a Bronze Star Award to our junior 4-Hers who are third to fifth grade. We give a Silver Star Award to our intermediate 4-Hers that are sixth to eighth grade. And then our seniors have the opportunity to apply for a Danforth I Dare You Award, which is a national award and a gold star award and gold star is the highest award that a 4-h member can receive and requires that they have an adequate amount of leadership community service um, participation at more than just the club level so we're looking for students who have gone above and beyond and gotten out of their comfort zone and uh, moved on to doing county district and state kinds of activities so lots of opportunity for Lots recognition. of opportunity. So and we talked a few minutes ago about getting to see everybody and be recognized in front of your peers. 4-H is a family. It is a, a tight-knit family. Your, your members in your club are like your brothers and sisters. We talk about our 4-H members as being our kids because they, they're all in important and they're and we're with them all the time right. Justin do you want to add anything to the importance of recognition and the awards celebration no I think we've hit on most of it but like I said before you know it's, it's these kids do a lot of great work throughout the year you look at Danae and what she's accomplished this year so we definitely just want to highlight them for the the, uh, the work that they do yeah. and the like I said again the um, the video just turned out really awesome so it was really cool to be able to watch that and um, while we were watching the video um, while it was going we started talking about how nice that that green jacket looks is, does that green jacket feel as good as it looks Danae it really does in all honesty <laughs> it really does <laughs> so tell us what does that green jacket represent uh, the green jacket represents that you're a member of the Texas State Council um, which is actually it can be a really difficult uh, thing to achieve for a 4 -er. You have to either be a part of your district council or um, you have to be chosen among um, other uh, candidates at the state roundup and you're chosen by your peers through an election um, type process and you are one of 30 people to be a part of the council every year. You can only do it once in your 4-H career and after that you can no longer be a part of the state council and you only have one um, kid per like a county like, you could only have like one kid from Montgomery County so mm -hmm. I'm the only one from Montgomery County and there's 254 counties in the state of Texas so mm -hmm. there's 30 kids so we finally got that drilled in your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 30 kids were able to make it so 30 counties have a kid on state council but it's it's um, it's like the peak of your 4-H career you've yeah. reached the top <laughs> And Montgomery County has been well represented on the state council last few years. We have ever forever. Um, <laughs> always, <laughs> Montgomery so, County rocks. Yeah. Uh, we 
the outgoing council this year has a Montgomery County 4-H member, Seth Kendrick, that we just saw on the video speaking, um, wearing his green jacket. Um, I think it's been two years ago that we had a another for a Montgomery County 4-H member on state council, Gabby Pena. Um, and I, we think it's been six years ago. Time passes too quick for me anymore. <laughs> Um, Taylor Cantrell was on State 4-H Council. So in the last six years, we've had four members from Montgomery County alone. Um, like Denae said, out of 254 counties in the state, that's pretty special. Um, you know, Justin and I, uh, we throw opportunities out to these kids. Um, we let them know as much as we know that's available, as many of the opportunities. Um, however, we can't sit down with each one of them and coach them through every individual thing. So like Danae said, asking questions and showing an interest in and taking advantage of the opportunities that we're throwing out at you, um, you know, and then we can take that and run with it. Um, so it's, we've got a spectacular group of kids in Montgomery County that mm -hmm. are looking for new things to do. and. Uh, try new things and and stretching their comfort zone so besides wearing that green jacket and looking really sharp what kinds of things are what are your responsibilities on the Texas 4-H Council oh uh, well the main responsibility is just to represent all of 4-H in the state of Texas um, as a collective group uh, we have to plan the state roundup that happens every year in June uh, we also um, since the, all the pandemic things that are going on right now we actually just made a pass the mask video which is a little um, collective group of videos of each of us putting on our state council mask and then throwing a mask across the screen or to the screen and somebody else from the council is grabbing it and putting it on so it looks like we're all passing masks to each other that you need to put on. Um, just to say, you know, you do need to wear your mask. State council's wearing theirs, so you need to wear yours. Um, really, we just try to work and make everything um, real fun for the 4-H'ers who make it to state levels and com compete at Roundup. Uh, we also do a junior leadership retreat in November. Um, we hope that that's going to be really fun this year. It'll be in Brownwood, and we're doing a Greatest Showman theme, so nice. I hope that that's going to be really fun. Yeah. And they did have summer camps at Brownwood this summer. Mm -hmm. They did. Um, mm -hmm. They did have those in person, so they are practiced in the procedures to keep everybody safe and keeping cohorts together so our the junior retreat will most likely happen and then another thing we mentioned um, a lot of the recognition leads to scholarships so it's actually participating in 4-H can be valuable it can be besides the intrinsic <laughs> value right so um, and then again I you know, I think it's awesome, all of the things that um, the State Council has been able to do and all the kids that got awards, those are the ones that have gone above and beyond. But, you know, I, I've always felt like just being involved in any part of 4-H can really create a lot of value for a, a person, a young person. They can learn, even if they only participate in one project one year, it, it, it's going to make an impact in their life. Do you guys agree? For sure, and kind of going back to scholarships, um, as today mentioned with Texas Forge Council, that's when they award those scholarships to our graduating seniors. And Montgomery County had three seniors that were recipients of scholarships, and we had forty-five thousand dollars awarded to our kids. And Seth Kendrick, who was, as we saw in the video, he was one of those award recipients for twenty thousand dollars from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And I do also need to brag on Seth because he also helped film the awards <laughs> banquet. So yes. he was the cameraman. He was the, the director of photography for us on that part. Well, and he got his practice doing the state awards program earlier in the summer as a, as a state council member. He actually held the Office of Public Relations for Texas Council. He was an officer, so he did definitely do a lot of... Um, um, social media for the 4-H Council. So we've talked a lot about recognition in 4-H, the kinds of awards that you can get. Um, and so somebody might be listening going, okay, that's great, but how do I even get involved in 4-H? So 
we're going to have some future programs where we're going to talk more in depth about um, some of the projects that you can participate, how to enroll. We have one. Uh, so this program is being recorded, and people can go back and, and watch it. We had, and I don't remember the date, but we did one a little while ago where we talked a little bit about enrolling in 4-H, but we'll do another one. And kind of how does that look different now in the current environment that we're in? Um, but we will uh, focus on that a little bit more, but we're going to have to bring this show to a close. But before we do that, I've got one more thing to say because we're talking about awards. Um, we have a professional association that's the Texas Extension Associ Texas Association of Extension 4-H Agents. Um, it's still going to be, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but anyway, so it's, it's a professional association, and we have been recognized, Montgomery County, and also thanks to you, Dick Schischler and Lone Star Radio, the radio show has been recognized as an award-winning program with that um, organization. So that's um, yay for us, and thank you. Okay, so we are going to bring it to a close for now, that this is the Extension Hour. We talk about people programs and partnerships with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. Thank you so much for being with us here. Danae, good luck on your um, school year. Thank Thanks, you. Michelle and Justin, for coming in. We'll see you guys again very soon talking about 4-H. And we'll be back next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.